Welcome to Healthcare Experience Matters. This podcast is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation. And with today's episode, we're teaming with PRC. This podcast is dedicated to transforming the healthcare experience so that every person can receive and deliver the best care. Hello, Healthcare Experience Matters listeners. Joining us again today is Laura Orr. We are so excited to have her back. For those that may have missed the first one, I will be sure to link to it in the description of today's episode. Laura brings years of experience in strategic planning, board governance experience, and she's also the CEO of Forward, which is dedicated to helping executive leaders and governing bodies drive organizational success. So before we begin, Again, uh, Laura, is there anything you wanted to add to that um, little bio I just put out there? Thank you so much, first of all, for having me back again. It's a it's a pleasure to be here. I'm looking forward to this topic. I'm, such a great introduction. I don't know that I would add much. Um, as you said, I'm a healthcare executive turned consultant and coach. I spent about 20 years in corporate healthcare doing all those things that you mentioned. And now I'm really focusing my practice on helping healthcare boards and non other nonprofit boards um, be as effective as they can be and doing some executive coaching as well. So happy to be here. Well, we are very happy to have you back. And there is a topic today we want to cover in regards to subsidiary boards. So could you please explain what a subsidiary board is? And of course, particularly in the context of a healthcare organization, and why has there been a growing interest in understanding um, the roles of subsidiary boards lately and just the overall dynamics in recent years? Yeah, great question. Um, So, and you're absolutely right, this is becoming uh, more and more of a hot topic. So when I think about a subsidiary board, it's really one or more boards that report up to a parent board. So sometimes we'll also call that a local board. You'll hear me use subsidiary board and local board interchangeably, I'm sure, as we as we talk. Um, you'll see this structure actually a good bit in healthcare systems because you have organizations where you have multiple business units within the health system. So for example, you may have a health system with several hospitals. You may have a physician practice, maybe a separate outpatient radiology business, maybe even a health plan. And so these systems will typically have one, what we call parent board, and that parent board is also called a governing board. And then each of those business units I just mentioned, those multiple hospitals, that outpatient radiology center, they may have their own subsidiary or local board that are focused more on that entity. And The roles and responsibilities of the parent board and the subsidiary boards will differ from organization to organization. That's a good bit probably of the hot topic these days is how to best utilize both of those organizations and quite frankly, for them not to be kind of stepping on one another's toes, if you will. That's where a lot of the discussion comes in. Um, You know, you asked about the growing interest. I believe the growing interest is truly just a byproduct of the many evolutions in structure that we're seeing in healthcare today. So when organizations merge or they form some kind of strategic partnership, it's likely the governance structure will also need to change in some way. So, you know, that may mean that a longstanding existing board may now have a different role to play than they were used to playing. So let's just think about it this way. If a standalone hospital joins a healthcare system, so there's a merger, let's say, 
That standalone board, who has been considered, if you will, the parent board for a long time, now may become a subsidiary or a local board with very different uh, governing authorities. And that's where that's kind of where our challenge can come in. And it may change many. The organizations may change and the board members may change. Makes a lot of sense when you explain it that way. Um, so, how can organizations effectively manage the concerns and expectations of these boards? Um, and then, of course, with potential conflicts and power struggles, how can those be mitigated? Great questions. When I think about how organizations can effectively manage the concerns or expectations, the answer is fairly simple. That does not mean it's easy to actually implement or to carry out, but it is fairly simple. To me, the most important thing is to create role clarity and prioritized action. So your subsidiary or your local boards truly can have a meaningful strategic impact if there's clarity on the roles in on the front end. Um, I would say leadership at both the system level and at the local level is really what's key in delineating the roles and leveraging the subsidiary board in a really meaningful way. The other thing I would add is strong board leadership. So not just we talked about, you know, kind of management leadership, but strong board leadership is key here, as well as the board composition, the board makeup and the expectations that are shared during the recruitment process. So in other words, as you're bringing new members on the board, making sure from the very beginning, those individuals know what their roles and responsibility are on the subsidiary board versus the roles and responsibilities of the parent board. That is great stuff. I love interviewing you because you just have a great way of breaking all of this, what could be complicated stuff down into very simple language for us. Um, I want to ask pretty bluntly here, how can subsidiary boards be most effective? Yeah, that's a great question. And that really is the ultimate struggle. Oftentimes we will find subsidiary boards um, feeling like they're not making a big enough impact and they want to do more. Or remember, they may be coming from a board structure where they did have more authority. And now they're trying to find kind of their their place in the world, if you will. And I believe there are, I would say there's four key areas of greatest impact for a subsidiary board. Um, And I'll just run through those. So first, I would say the role they play in the execution of strategy local strategy. So while the parent board sets the strategy for the overall system, the subsidiary board can have a tangible impact on how that is executed at the local level. So that's a really important role that group can play that aligns directly back to the overall system strategy and the parent board, but connecting that to the local level. So first is execution of strategy. Second, I think, would be overseeing the quality at the local and entity level. So the opportunity to drive quality improvements are unique at each entity. Um, So I think that's a really important thing to think about. So while the parent board may set some quality standards or an overall quality strategic agenda, those may vary at different entities based on the opportunities or the challenges that are being presented at each one. So making sure that the subsidiary board is well aware, well educated of what those quality plans are, monitoring those metrics, et cetera. So I think that's that's a really important one is the, is the quality piece. 
You know, third, I think the subsidiary board has a unique opportunity or a unique role to play in improving community health. So again, each community or entity, just like quality, their community needs may vary depending on where they where they are. They may be in very different communities. And the local boards or the subsidiary boards are closer to that to determine what those needs are. So I'll give you an example. You may have a large healthcare system and one subsidiary board may be focused in a market that is trying to drive maternal health outcomes. So that board has the opportunity to support that in the community, understand what those needs are, empower the local leadership team to support that. On another subsidiary board in the same system, there may be an organization that is most focused on how to improve access to mental health care. And that's kind of the community need they're trying to focus on. So again, your local board members, your subsidiary board members are going to know more about their local communities than the parent board is necessarily. So there's an opportunity to get involved in that way. And then I think the fourth and final way subsidiary boards can be most effective This is a big one. It's lending their voice both internally and externally. So what do I mean by that? You know, subsidiary board members have an opportunity internally to make sure they're visible, make sure their support of staff and providers and management team is visible and heard. When we think about the retention challenges today for top talent, What a great way to use your board members. These are kind of the top leaders in your organization. So get them out there, get them visible inside the organization. And then lending their voice and their presence outside of the organization. I think about things um, like advocacy and philanthropy. So they're advocating on behalf of the organization out in the community, in the business world, et cetera. And any local philanthropic efforts, your subsidiary board members have a huge opportunity to play a role in in that as well. So I think those are the four things I would say are probably the most impactful for subsidiary boards to drive results. And now let's talk about some effective strategies for establishing clear lines of communication, which can help foster, you know, better collaboration between that parent board and subsidiary boards. Um, any thoughts there? Yeah, we've talked a little bit about this, um, but it, 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 first of all, I would say it takes intentionality. It takes intentionality on behalf of the management team, takes intentionality on behalf of board leadership, both at the parent board level and the subsidiary board level. You know, ultimately, the parent board is going to be setting the overall strategy for the organization. So they're approving the overall budget, they're approving the overall strategy. And it's imperative that those decisions are not only shared with the subsidiary boards, but also that the local boards understand clearly how the local organization will support those plans and the role they play to execute on that strategy. So there really has to be a consistent tie back to the work of the local organization and the goals for the system. And I would say, you know, there's a role here for the board as well as for the management team. I think it's important for subsidiary board members to learn and understand the system strategy and how the local organization is directly linked to that strategy. And ultimately, it's the management team's responsibility to educate the board on the system strategy and how they directly link to it. 
And the management team should also be educating on, you know, what are the what are the local market challenges? What are the local market opportunities? And board members need to invest in understanding kind of what are those local key performance indicators and why are they important and monitoring those results and supporting those improvement efforts. Again, that goes back to the visibility and lending their voice. And they should also serve as a resource and a sounding board for the local management team. I think that can be incredibly powerful. Um, The management team should really, in turn, leverage the knowledge and the experience of the board members and use them as a resource. So they're there. Let's use them. You know, I would say um, board members can play a key role in helping to drive improvements, as we talked about in the local community health needs, actively using their voice. And I think um, the management team's responsibility in pulling all of that together is providing those tangible opportunities to engage the board members internally and externally. And as hospitals continue to merge and affiliate, um, are there any other emerging trends or like innovative approaches being used to effectively address subsidiary boards that you've maybe seen out there that you wanted to discuss? Sure. That's a really good question. I think this goes back to what I said early. It's earlier. It's really simple. It's just not easy. So I think, you know, what I'm seeing today is as mergers and partnerships are occurring, organizations are taking the time to take a step back and create more of a streamlined best practice governance model, um, which often means, you know, less duplication, fewer boards. It can be painful in the early stages if you are now eliminating or Um, significantly changing longstanding board structures, but ultimately you're leading to less complexity, more clarity, and more effective governance in the long run. So I would say, you know, the practice of maintaining all existing boards is truly evolving. And the, the trend now is how do we simplify? How do we meet all of our, our needs and our regulatory requirements and meet our fiduciary duties, but do that in the simplest, most streamlined way. So I think that's what we'll see more of. And Laura, I'm going to give you the final word here. Is there any other final thoughts or anything else you wanted to mention before we wrapped it up here? You know, I think I would just reiterate the key for me is subsidiary boards or local boards, if they are set up for success with structure and leadership and good clarity, can be a true strategic asset for the overall health system. And this is where subsidiary boards often struggle in that feeling of, are we adding value? Are we doing enough? Um, There's absolutely a way to leverage those boards as a true strategic asset. It just takes some intentionality and some structure and some focus. Laura Orr has been our guest today on Healthcare Experience Matters. She's the CEO of Forward and we'll be sure to add links in the description to that website so you can get in contact with her directly if you have more questions on today's subject. Thanks again, Laura, for your time today. Thanks, Casey. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Healthcare Experience Matters. Healthcare Experience Matters is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation with today's episode teaming with PRC. To learn more, visit healthcareexperience.org. That's healthcareexperience.org.